Welcome to episode 16 of Training Talk and Truth. brief introduction to you but I found more and more qualifications as I read down through the list and it was hard to piece together a sentence almost and um, so this is what I got I said Wendy is a holistic holistic nutritionist a precision wellness specialist a food supplement developer and a published author yeah. is that narrowing it down I know there's a, there's a few yeah. extra to add on to that but yeah. Uh, and you run um, www.wendymichelle.com. Yes. That's yeah. perfect. And um, But firstly, welcome to the podcast. Um, this is called Train, Thought and Truth. And I've only started this year. And, but really, it's a it's just based around, I always had a mantra in my own head, to kind of be physically ready, um, mentally sharp, and spiritually kind of prepared for the world. And I thought the three of them things kind of tied in together. So, you know, when you look after yourself physically, it helps your mental health. And really, I think it'd be in the right place spiritually to, to overall help both of them things as well. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's what the podcast is about. I only started since May. And uh, that's how it got rolling. But um, So I'm really glad that you came on because it seems like you have an awful lot of experience from um, a training standpoint to um, food industry standpoint. Um, and maybe you could give us a, a bit of a background of where you're coming from in your experience. Sure. Um, congratulations. It's great uh, starting this podcast. I love the concept, which is why I reached out to you because that is in essence what I do, which is holistic wellness. And people always, you know, the term is used commonly holistic health, but most people don't really know what that means. Yeah. Um, in some cases they think that means, uh, you know, alternative medicine, which it can, or it means, um, you know, something kind of woo-woo and, you know, new agey. And it's, it's really just about wholeness. It's about becoming whole. And, um, you know, there's very significant elements to what wholeness is. So I started out in the fitness um, element of holistic health, you know, when I was still in high school. Yeah. And... Um, I just love the human body. I thought it was so cool what you can do as far as like aesthetically, but also just, you know, pushing the boundaries and seeing how much, you know, strength or, you know, there's just so much to do with just the body. And I really loved it. Um, then I got into supplementation, you know, and herbal tonics and different natural remedies. And I thought that was a lot of fun. And then, of course, that was just like an, there was an easy, you know, into nutrition from there because they all kind of run along the same lines, right? These herbs and, and the food. So that was very early on, very early stages. 
um, eventually ended up competing as a fitness competitor for a little bit. And again, that was really not because I so much desired like to be in that industry, but I really was curious what my body could do. And without the, the goal of competing, you know, I could probably drag that on forever, you know? Yeah. So, but what, what exactly were you competing in? It's, it's like, um, it's, it's kind of like bodybuilding, but not bodybuilding. So it's called fitness and figure. So there's a strength component to it, a dance component. So there's some athleticism outside of just posing. So, um, I grew up dancing my whole life. So that was just kind of an easy thing to do. Can I sneak in there? Yeah. Um, so then, you know, I, um, was in that industry for a while and in my mid twenties, I, um, was in great shape and felt awesome and really no complaints. And then what seemed like, and I know better now, but what seemed like out of nowhere came, um, some illness that at first was like, you know, like maybe some discomfort, some bloating, some just stuff that, you know, was not normal for me. And I went to the doctors and, you know, nobody could really figure it out. So then I applied what I knew about nutrition, adjusted some things in my diet, seemed to help for a minute. But within a couple of months, I went from feeling amazing to not being able to walk, to having seizures, to having a mini stroke. And so I was, you know, I was the picture of health. I mean, I was standing on stage saying this is healthy. And, um, and yet I was as far from health as could be really in that moment with no explanation. And so that was, uh, you know, obviously like a, a pivotal turning point for me because I realized how much I don't know. And I realized how much there was still to know. And, um, you know, and I was frightened because nobody plans to not be able to, you know, walk when they're 20, you know, in their mid 20s. So that was very strange. Um, And because the doctors had no explanation, they couldn't figure out what was going on. It forced me to have to really figure it out myself. So I started researching and. You know, I learned about literally every condition. I would go to the thrift stores and I would buy used medical textbooks and I, I would read about every condition. So you name a specialty, gastroenterology or endocrinology or cardiology. I was reading all of these textbooks and trying to apply that knowledge to what was going on with me so that I could, you know, just get, I just really wanted to get on with my life. Yeah. Um, but um and what what the doctors were prescribing was that helping at all so no no the doctors had no idea what was going on with me so what they were prescribing was just medication to manage the pain i couldn't walk because i had neuralgia so there was like pain in my legs so i couldn't stand on my legs um but i mean it was like oxycotton and percocet and i mean yeah. Clonopin for the seizures. So it was managing the symptoms, but I was like, I just don't want symptoms. Like, can we yeah. just, how about we just get rid of the symptoms, you know? And um, uh, that wasn't, that wasn't their goal to, you know, they're not really in the business of healing. They're in the business of managing conditions. And so right. I had to take that on myself. So um, I spent over eight, 
about two years or so just researching things from a medical side. And then eventually I ended up in a naturopathic clinic, so natural medicine. And um, that's where I started learning about homeopathy and uh, traditional Chinese medicine and a whole bunch of other elements of medicine that were not incorporated in the medical textbooks that I was reading. Yeah. So then I became very well-rounded in that regard. And it was really a matter of trying to save my own life than yeah. it was to study, to, you know, to do this for a living. Like that wasn't even on my mind. Yeah. Although I did, I did want to get better pretty, pretty badly because I was concerned that if this was happening to me, this could be happening to a lot of people, especially yes. knowing what I knew. Yeah. So, um, eventually I got better and, um, came out equipped with all of this information that seemed completely unrelated and very sporadic and, um, you know, and excessive. Like I had so much information. Yeah. Um, and, um, I decided I wanted just to spend my life helping people and helping them just be empowered to take that part of their life back. Um, including like, because for me, I had to, it wasn't just a physical fight. It was an yeah, emotional yeah, fight. Absolutely. It was a mental fight, you know, it was a spiritual well, like, fight. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. In every sense of the word. So um, now having been through it, it was different than having just read books, you know, whereas prior to that I had read books. And so I'm training yeah. people in the gym based on book knowledge. When mm -hmm. that stuff happens, you know, it, it changes everything, including how you relate to other people and how they relate to you. So, you know, from there on, um, I've really done nothing but take these lessons and incorporate them into different, a multitude of projects that, you know, that span, you know, everything that we just discussed, all of the holistic elements of. Yeah, and uh, you know, and uh, that's, I was reading an awful lot on um, your, um, listening to some interviews you were speaking in and on your website as well. And it really is like the reason I put truth in the title as well, because you, you're right in saying that where you've lived through it, you know, and um, like you said, you're teaching people on behalf of the books, you know, in the fitness initially. And then. Um, yeah. That's fine, and we can do that. But I think it's so, it's why you have so many online coaches and nutritionists competing with each other with diets that works and new fads that come along. And um, you know, that's not really you know you have to talk about what people have gone through and what you've gone through yourself, and that obviously fuels a drive. And I think that you know when you talk about the setbacks, like obviously you've gone through it and you've gone right down to the bottom and had to reset and and rebuild yourself from there mm -hmm. and, and like I had a, a lot smaller of you know a, a situation where I had a bad fall uh, in the mm -hmm. summer and I had to get surgery and plates put into my shoulder and um, but I had a certain fitness routine and a certain diet that I really like while I had the time off I really took a second look at and I started a kind of uh, um, strength and conditioning course and I started intermittent fasting and I started like actually digging into these things to see, mm -hmm. you know, I changed my routine, start incorporating more cardio uh, while keeping the weights and more balanced, you know, and uh, I, I just felt way better. And I said, at least with this podcast, it was only kicking off and it gave me that time to sit at home. You know, sometimes I think a lot of things happen for a reason in the times. I know 
I'm saying that to you when you went through a very bad sickness, so you're saying not everything happens for a reason, but where it brought you, maybe you, it mightn't have brought you to help so many others, you know, because you can relate to people right down the bottom of the sickness, you know. Uh, and I think that, like, I just kick-started the podcast and I had this time now to get a kind of a more global reach on it and then really sit down and fix myself because there's no point in me talking about fitness and this that and the other and i have a mediocre routine that's kind of working and that's not much research in it and that's why it's great to have the likes of yourself coming on who who's lived through these things as well and it really puts the truth stamp beside the fitness you know because it's the real story and where you're coming from and i think that's that's great you know and because um, a lot of times you could be buying products or listening to people you're not really sure what they're talking about or who they are really you know so i think that's what makes yours so authentic you know so I think that's, that's great. Lady, like, I'd say it's tough to, tough to come out of completely. Yeah, I, I mean, it was, it really was. But, you know, when I look back at it, and I have to say, in all honesty, and I, I certainly wouldn't fabricate this because, you know, I, when I thought of it, when I thought it in the process, when I was so sick, I just remember saying, you know, dear God, like, if I know as much as I know, and this is happening to me, this means that there's other people out there who yeah. are going through this. And I like, let me get back to a place where I can utilize the, that these things aren't for nothing, that this, you know, that this really was meant for something. And if not just one thing, I mean, let's do, let's figure out all the ways that this is beneficial, you know, to everybody, but it was, it was difficult to come out of, but at the same time it was, um, I was so driven by, uh, I think, I was frustrated at the amount of information that was available to me at the time, because this was, you know, way before, you know, you had a lot of this information on, there wasn't podcasts, there wasn't even a gluten-free section in the grocery store. So, um, you know, this was, it was really me against the world, at, at least it felt that way anyway. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just was bothered. I was really bothered that we have this multi-billion dollar industry of supplementation and fitness and diets and these books and there was nothing in there at the time that helped me it was all just either trend or fad or um, propaganda of some sort and so I I really was driven to yeah. get better so that I could be so I could be an advocate for others and I could be a voice that you know, would be a trustworthy resource so that there's, I'm not slinging products out there. I mean, I, I make some of my own products, but even in that, I know that what I do is not necessarily the right fit for everybody. And yeah. I'm not offended that that's the case. I, I love that people are learning to receive the permission to choose for themselves. Yes. Yeah. You can choose what you want to follow and who, who you mm -hmm enjoy hearing or you know like that and you know this the holistic side of things is something new to me actually um and um what what is the difference can you say in your mind between the health coach or a nutritionist and a holistic health coach what does that add a lot uh yeah. yes so i'm only familiar with some of the certification programs um and even those are not necessarily regulated so um, they're, they're minimal at best, meaning yeah. more specialized. And it's interesting because I'm just actually about to 
I'm about, I'm relaunching content right now. I've actually taken some time away from social media intentionally to make sure that what I'm doing is, is of integrity and is still true to, you know, um, you know, the original goal. But in the process, I realized, um, People tell me all the time, Wendy, you do too many things. Like it's, it doesn't make sense to people; they won't understand. Um, but I realize that you know wholeness is complex, and there's so many facets to it. And so wholeness is my specialty. I can't, I can't water that down. Yeah. Whereas, like um, a health coach or a nutritionist, they are very specialized. So. They're very, it's especially nutrition. They're going to talk a lot about nutrition and potentially some supplementation, but they are not probably going to talk about, um, you know, sun gazing or, um, you know, uh, earthing, getting your feet on the ground or, um, you know, there's so many different things or the spiritual component of, um, you know, of becoming whole of emotional wellness. What are the what are the triggers that, that are preventing you from being able to move forward? How do you potentially self-sabotage yourself? Um, there's so many things that that become what is holistic that get missed in those more specialized compartments, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I think, you know, in a way, do you find from your experience touching on the food industry and from coaching and fitness that we're still – this holistic has come because we're still trying to figure out when ourselves in terms of like one example is the doctors who are supposed to know all about biology and neurology and what chemical balances are in your brain. But they still can't help you out in terms of, you know, your body needs more than just, you know, the chemicals to get right. Is, is that yeah. kind of, that's what it feels like more. So isn't it that we're still, even though we know everything about the human body, we're still figuring it out in, in some ways. Um, and there's more methods that seem unconventional or seem to, see, I think there's an older generation there. Um, the sports science is, is in now, I think, you know, and the, li- the likes of these holistic uh, coaching where we know that much more and we're focused on not just the face value of problem, but the roots of the problem as well. Right. I think that's, that's really like when you, like I don't think they would have thought about it 30 years ago that you're, diet would affect your mood you know or your energy levels are you know i don't think i think they're just you know in ireland it was a few spuds you know and get a stew going yeah. and just get out there you know and do it but yeah. like the body needs an awful lot more and um, and that's to keep it mentally sharp and to keep it in the right place you know and i think mm-hmm. that you know even like you said a focus you know you think it's like a calling almost like you know you obviously life can beat you down to the ground but you turn it around for yourself find out all that stuff and then like then you know sometimes i think someone has to go through this kind of stuff to actually reach more people you know get to be battered down so far you know i don't think it's uncommon because I, I i read one or two things about holistic coaching and and the same thing again um I, i'm speaking to a guy who's who's t- going to talk to me about how his father had dementia and the medications weren't working and he knew through movement and exposure of light and diet that they started to reduce them symptoms as well. And this is what was my first introduction. This was only a couple of weeks ago. And then when I was reading up on your stuff as well, I was like, that's, you know, really clicks, really makes sense. And then I looked at the title of my podcast and I realized it's almost along the same lines in a lot of ways. I just don't know 
the, you know, the literature that we know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, that's why I think that, you know, it is like I look up some of your products and all it is great because you have uh, this next health clinic as well going a few years, don't you? Um, um, so that was actually that's a company that I helped. I was one of the founding members. So I'm okay. actually not connected any longer. But um, when I first came out to Los Angeles, um, I met up with a couple of people who had had this concept in mind of of a center that would in, would speak to these different elements of life, but more from a proactive standpoint, more from a, I feel good and I want to stay there yeah. versus I don't feel good. How do I fix this? So I was, you know, um, fortunate enough to be part of the process of developing some of those programs and, you know, the different therapies that were brought on and they've evolved significantly since it's just very difficult for me to, I have to be very selective about where I put my time so that I can do as much as I, I feel like I'm, I need to be doing. Um, and that was very much a, a full-time, you know, hands-on at all times. But, um, but yeah, that clinic is, is um, I think, is the future of wellness, things like that, where people will go when they feel good and want to know how much better they can feel instead of waiting until they feel bad and just are praying and hoping to feel as good as they were before. But that is going to require a mental shift that is going to require education. Because right now, the it seems to me a lot of times that the um, the idea is all all I'm good, so why worry about that? I'll you know I'm I'm just going to go 100 miles an hour, and then you know. If that if that happens, then I'll deal with it then. And that's yeah. I don't feel I don't think that's the healthy approach mentally for that. And we need more people to explain and to quantify why does it why is being proactive about health so important that yeah. you should invest your time and money in it now. And and that's that's lacking in our you know our society and our reach right now. Yeah, because I think right now. The big focus is on technology and kind of, you know, the computer sector and, you know, like all all these companies are starting to be able to mass produce things because of how quick orders can be put through with the digital age and everyone's focusing on that. And we're putting our health kind of second and putting our hours in the office in first. And I have a friend of mine who's a boxer and he's a, he's always telling me, I always was telling me, you know, get your exercise done before work. That's first, you know, like worry about everything else after, but make sure you get yourself done. And he was one of the voices in my ear that, that helped a lot, you know, when, when I was yeah. trying to piece myself back together in a way. Yeah. But um, I, I want to throw a couple of things at you from someone from experience that um, I, I mentioned it briefly there that I've been doing intermittent fasting for the last, um, since, since the start of September. And mm-hmm. I found... I feel great with it. I found like like straight away, a friend of mine's in the army and he runs a boot camp and he said, I'm doing 18, six intermittent fasting. Do you want to do it with me? And we did it. And since then I've lost so much body fat well, keeping my muscle mass and sleeping better and feeling much more energized, like running like twice distance and all. And so I want to ask you what you thought about intermittent fasting, because obviously on diet, things you know you often get two handles the same as the the game changers that came out recently i'm sure you heard mm-hmm. plenty about this on netflix and i've right. seen people pulling it apart and people 
like saying it's great. And um, I said, all right, as because I have the form here, I'm going to do both of these things and give like I'm not pushing any agenda. I'm genuinely going to say if this works for me or not. Right. Fasting is working great for me, but the strict vegan diet I've doing for the last month, I'm struggling a bit with because um, I feel not as fueled. And I had a couple of um, vegan triathletes was on last week, and I was trying to get my head around. Maybe I'm just not knowledgeable enough to know what to be putting together before a workout. Um, so maybe you could give me two your opinion on both of them as diets. Sure. Uh, okay, so I'll start with intermittent fasting. Um, I, I'll explain it this way. The human body has been designed in such a way that it is miraculous. And that's an understatement. And when you put it into a position in which it gets to perform the way it was designed, it will always exceed our expectations. The problem with it is that in order for the body to get to perform to the extent at which it was designed, it requires discomfort. Okay. It requires like hormesis, which is um, little bouts of stressors not this chronic stress that we're, you know, we're in now and where stress has become derogatory and everybody's like, I'm already too stressed. I can't think about, you know, little stresses, but intermittent fasting is, a, is, a, is putting your body in a position to, to kind of dig deep and pull up its original resources from, you know, evolution, which allowed for so many different pathways to get lit up and be activated and utilized that are never utilized anymore because of our surplus of food and because of our, you know, social programming that, you know, you have to have breakfast and you have to have. So I love anything that allows the human body to exceed our expectations. Um, I think that it's significant for several reasons. One, it's great for mental awareness. So I utilize it a lot with my clients to help them understand hunger cues and to know the difference between um, hungry, bored, stressed, yes, yes, emotional, yeah. etc. I think it's wonderful for body composition. I think that it is helpful to that um, for different reasons. And likewise, I could say that under conditions one, two, three, four, five, six, intermittent fasting would be a terrible idea, which takes us back to what I do, which is precision wellness. It's about knowing, knowing enough way out here to like know all the landscape. So I can look at everything from a very broad perspective, but I know enough about all of it that I can zoom in on you and go based on these things that I know about you here's what we implement and here's what we don't. And the precision is the, is really the key thing, not the, the more overarching solutions, we'll call them like intermittent fasting or, or a vegan diet. So I love lots of things about intermittent fasting. There are some cases in which it's not recommended. Um, but again, that's what people need to, to, 
it, they don't know or they are not sure they need to find somebody to ask in order to establish is this going to yeah. be good for me or will this be detrimental specifically women our hormones are like much more sensitive to those types of yeah. um, yeah. ups and downs and um, it can actually affect even like a female cycle if not done properly so that being said um i love it but i also don't necessarily recommend it for everybody for everybody okay yeah that makes yeah. sense as far as a vegan diet. Okay, so it's, it's take everything I said about intermittent fasting and yeah. apply it towards the vegan diet. It's the same. It's the same, meaning that there are benefits. There are also instances in which it's not right for everybody. There are certain conditions that the body cannot heal without certain peptides that come from animals. Um, there's, and, it, and it falls in those little gray areas of the human body that we're still learning. And yeah. we're not really sure why it, this responds better, you know, when in like a, an iron-rich diet that's coming from red meat. Like, it can't be synthetic. It, like, there's something about the composition of the blood and the, the iron of that particular, of an animal that's different than synthetic. So it's so, so important to keep all those things in mind. Now I work with athletes as well. And I can tell you that majority of them in, in my experience, and again, I'm in consideration of all population, my experience is small. So I in no way trying to like expand this beyond what is reasonable. Um, the, the plant-based diets are very difficult for them. Very, yeah. very difficult for them. And, um, and some people really thrive. Um, but I would say seven out of 10, eight out of 10 end up back on some, you know, animal. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a lot. I, I do think what it really boils down to is portioning, um, to say, uh, okay, well, I'm going to eat meat like I normally do, which is like three times a day, you know, a half a pound every time. It's either that or it's going to be nothing. I think there's a there's like a big gap in between there where we can figure out like where do people fit or like where do you personally fit? And if it's maybe it's maybe it would be okay to have like a burger like once a week. Yeah. And you get everything you need from that one thing, but now you're not like vegan. And I really, one of my biggest pet peeves are the are the, like the categories like it, it's like we kind of create like these little like private clubs you know they're yeah, dietary sorry. practices you know choosing what i eat is not um is not a religion yeah yeah you know and i don't have to fight about it i shouldn't have to explain it i shouldn't yeah. have to fight with anybody about it i shouldn't it. have to try to convince anybody about it you know it's yeah. like but can, you know what you're saying it's different for different people like i i maybe i just haven't like i, I saw this game changers and I, I spoke to some people and obviously people there are athletes who can thrive with it I tried it and like that I did go from a complete diet shift while I was yeah. training for a certain hill trying to complete a few hill runs by the end of the year and then I found myself standing there and fasting was working grand I was running 15 or 16 hours into a fast no problem but then I found myself on the start line hungry and not fueled. And uh, it's like, maybe I'm just not figuring out the right, you know, 
food to put together. But like you said, if it's different for some people, does that mean that maybe genetics have a part to play in what your body can break down? Because I know when I, as a kid, I was diagnosed borderline PKU when I said like stay away from E numbers and things like that. I used to get the you know tongue prick to check our, our levels and stuff like that. And I haven't gone back to the doctor in years. But I think now, like you said, what I took, what I said, I do a solid month of it, and I probably will go back to eating meat. But I've incorporated so much more fruit and veg and uh, into my my time where I am eating in the day that I will keep that now and and lessen like I've been using almond milk more or like I've been ha- bringing four or five pieces of fruit to work and snacking on that and uh, I'm going to keep all that because I think maybe I was lacking that and maybe it just helps build moving upwards but there is some things that I find maybe I'm not you know because I don't want to go near the the fake meats are this something that's too over processed. I wanted to keep it plant based completely and try it and say, like I put up results on intermittent fasting last week. I said, these are my honest results from my own phone. This is what happened. Body fat, muscle mass, time. And then, you know, I put up in a month's time, I'll come back with the vegan diet or whatever. I don't know yet where I am with that. I'm still going through it. Um, But I wanted to ask you as someone who, you're really in touch with when you're in the the food industry Um, Mm and can I ask you something about the US market and this is a kind of perception that maybe Irish people have and maybe other countries possibly Mm -hmm. and it's maybe more so about the meat industry I think and I remember you know when we start getting American TV over the last maybe 10 years ago we were starting to see these you know these sweet 21 sweet 16 uh, things on TV and MTV shows and reality TV started pouring in and there was these 20 year olds who looked like 30 years old and there was these like 16 year olds who were like six foot six and uh, that wasn't it was like a different race almost you know and a lot of people started speculating that it was to do the growth hormones in the meat industry and the farming industry I guess Um, and I'm wondering is that was that a false perception? Now, I'm not just saying it happens in the US. Of course, it, ha- it probably happened right. anywhere. But is that a case where that is is still ongoing, or is was it ever really bad like that, or were we just completely wrong? No, I I think that um, you know I think that the medical industry here would probably not you know would not be like, oh, yes, we know that it's about the growth hormone. That's, I mean, because there's a lot of intercorrelation between the food industry and the medical industry. And so anything that's working over here is not going to get talked about over here right. you know, negatively, right? Because yeah. they're partners. So, um, however, what we do know medically is that, you know, females are, they're aging much, much faster now. We're like, they're in elementary school starting their cycles. And that's... Yeah. The only causation for that that anybody can even put their finger on is directly correlated with these these growth hormones, these, you know, the antibiotics and the hormones that are, you know, put into our food supply. Um, What is it? Is it act on the pituitary gland? Is it, you know, what is it influencing this or that? Um, You know, I think it's very difficult to to be certain because, um, we're only, we're, we only have access to so much information about it. But um, yeah, sure. I think that a good portion of everything from aesthetics, what we look like, um, how, how quickly we age, and 
um, you know, how the population that consumes these types of processed foods or these types of, you know, foods with additives in it, like how they actually age and so on. I, I think that the correlation between that and the food supply is, is absolutely 100%. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember talking to a brother recently, we were kind of tossing out technology in the food industry and in the medical industry. And we're talking about how quick, you know, technology is speeding up and sports science is increasing and all. And we're kind of imagining, maybe it's not unrealistic, but we're thinking about, you know, they're curing certain diseases now and the, the food quality is getting a bit better. If, you, if Well, there's obviously, mm-hmm. obviously shit out there. There's always going to be that. Yes. You can, yeah. Everyone knows what they're yeah. eating. Everyone knows what, yeah. the minute you finish a McDonald's, you know you feel bad and you know why you feel bad because of, yeah. not to put a name out, sorry. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there might be a stage where we can figure out what diets help for diseases and with technology and new medicines, we might get to a stage where, now I'm talking about a few hundred years, that people won't be really passing. Like this might be the disease era where we might get over a lot of them diseases and it might be just accidents in old age people are passing from. You know, it's just a hypothesis or, you know, a thought. But... That's what it seems like the way it's going. Even if it is slowly going that way, it does seem like you know, the, with the holistic coaching and with the with with more medicines being available and things like that, that that is where it's shooting for. You know, longevity, and I guess that's what physical fitness is as well. Like you know, it's the longevity of your life because you're pumping oxygenated blood all through your organs and it's keeping you fueled and whatever else. Do you think that's a unrealistic thought? No, I think that you're right on. I think that we are moving in that direction. And my hope is that it's not hundreds of years. My hope of my yeah. hope is that, you know, I mean, we've progressed, like if you look even just since the 1970s, you know, what we've done in that, you know, amount of time, I mean, we've accelerated in science and knowledge and technology. I mean, it's unprecedented and it just continues to like to multiply in that same fashion. So I don't think that we're even that far off. I, I, I do believe, though, that it's the challenge isn't going to be whether or not the science or the technology exists. It's going to be what people are willing to do and um, what information is shared about what is available so that it's not just about the haves and the have-nots. Um, but, you know, we are, I can only speak, for, you know, my experience here, you know, we are, we are a culture of comfort. Yes, you yes. Know, we, we, <laughs> it, it, however we can make anything take less time or less energy, I mean, we'll buy that in a heartbeat. Genius. Yeah. So science will get there. Um, technology will get there. But the only way it's, we're going to out, outrun disease from food is to is to get back into our innate creation yeah and to and to do what we were designed to do which is not to be sitting still and not to find you know a health hack like oh i can just go in and do um you know 20 minutes on this one particular type of machine and it's the equivalent of working out all week long but i only have to do it for 20 minutes once a week like 
I don't believe that that's going to be the answer, but that's what people want. Yes, I know what you yeah. mean. Put the corners and not suffer for for what it is, you know. And it is about you know people are kind of sacrificing their future self for themselves now with the pleasures of food or the comfort of sitting in. And I know, like, that's what we're saying, but, you know, it's a whole work-life balance, but it's, it's work-life exercise balance really more so, I think, because yeah. when you want to finish work, I know it's hard to, to get on a podcast and say to people, get out and do it, you know, after a tough day at the office and it's raining out and you haven't had dinner yet and all. But I guess, like, everyone knows it has to be done and it doesn't have to be a chore either because I think mm-hmm. once you do a couple of runs or go to the gym a couple of times you get that bug I think and you know the placebo effect goes and you know then you're inviting a friend to do it or you know I often that's what I always try and I know a lot of people put up you know their personal records and their next personal record and shaving a couple of seconds off this and but I really would prefer to reach someone who's kind of you know sitting on the couch thinking they're too heavy to get out and go for that walk or sitting in the room with the light off and, and feel as though it's not worth it. But I think that's where the spiritual side comes in as well because if you know you're worth it to go and do it, you know, then you impact yourself and you might reflect on your friend who's also sitting in that tough place and sees you coming out of your shell. And I think that's where, like, you know, people like to bury their head in the sand because everyone knows exercise is better for you. And they know the chemical releases and they know the weight loss that all comes with it. And you start enjoying it, then they're just benefits of the exercise. But it's that whole getting up and going for it. And that's why I don't post a lot of videos of myself in the gym or anything like that because I don't think, you know, that's my journey. And everyone has to have their own specified right. journey. You know, it's really about motivating people and say, look, this worked for me. Here's the results. Why don't you try it? Like, you, you're, mm-hmm. you're not going to die. You know what I mean? Like, even yeah. if you can do go out and walk one kilometer well you might like jog half kilometer the next day and feel better about that or you might sign up to a gym and get your favorite playlist and that's how you get through your books but you know or whatever it is you know but i do think that the burying the head in the sand thing is not just fitness it also is the food and it also is the fate side of things as well i think you know everyone just wants to sit in front of the, the tv and um forget about the outside world and you know kind of recoup into their front room for the day and back to work and not think about the bigger picture you know but when you get outside and you see that the full moon you're doing a jog and you feel great and you feel fresh you always feel better for it afterwards you know and that's that's the trying to promise you're trying to push to well me i am anyway trying to push mm-hmm. sure. but I, do, I do think that like i kind of had it coming back to my faith in recent years I wouldn't say I was ever atheist, but I was very I was skeptical a couple of years ago, and <clears throat> I kind of went through kind of renewing a faith, which kind of had me like I felt there was a calling to do something, and um, I didn't know what it was, and I I was I remember being in the car saying I know something that something's been you're trying to tell me something, but I don't know what it is I'm supposed to do, and I just sat down one day with a pen and pad and made that few minutes just to think about things which you don't usually do. And I wrote out this podcast idea and I added the faith side. It was like fitness, food and faith, I think it was initially. And I said, I think you need that. But that's going to hit with a lot of, it got hit with a lot of criticism as well from people around me saying, why are you bringing that into it? You know, what's that about? (laughs) I didn't know what holistic coaching was at the time or anything like that. And I said, well, it seems to tie in, you know, because I feel the same benefits I feel from exercise. I feel that from, you know, saying my prayer at the end of the night. And realizing that 
there is a greater power and it has me in the right place and doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I think maybe even the crash, you know, made me, you know, uh, stronger on that end and, and push forward and give me that drive. I think as well, it seems like your calling as well came from that, you know, the your sickness and then you powered out of it. It's like a drive you get when you start getting this information and feeling how good you feel that everybody should be doing this. You know, I think yeah. well, why not? When you have the platforms like online and you obviously have a lot of projects on the go. So you I don't know who knows how many people you've reached at this stage. Really? Yeah. So yeah. I, I think it is like, would you have faith in a higher power? Oh, I, I, I truly believe that that is the foundation. I truly believe that you just like you, you know, alluded to earlier, you, if you are in your home and you're in a dark space, uh, metaphorically and literally, yeah. um, it's very difficult to eat right. And it's very difficult to, to move because why? Yeah. And it's not until that why becomes clear that everything else falls into place. So to me, faith is foundational. Yeah. And, um, you know, and depending on like where you are in the world and what, you know, what your, you know, your cultural experience has been and what, you know, I think that we are all, we all have an ability to tap into what is, um, you know, ultimately our purpose and the source of us, the source of um, our purpose. And I think it does, again, it's, it's another element of health and that it's, you got to be quiet. Yeah. And we are not good at being quiet because, you know, even like think about you get in the car, you put on a radio, you get in, you get home, yes. you put on the television, you get into a, a line, you get on your phone. There's, there isn't that, that moment of introspection where you're like, I wonder, you know, I find myself sometimes in stores looking around and, and, and thinking to myself, I wonder if that person knows they have an incredible smile. Or I wonder if that person, um, you know, has been told today that they're cared about and significant and valued. Yeah. And so then I'm like that weird person that will say it because <laughs> why did that cross my mind? You know what I mean? Like, why is that crossing my mind? But, yeah. but nobody's mad at me for it. Nobody's mad that I, yeah. you know, go up to them and be like, you know, I, I know it's kind of silly, but like, just want you to know that like, you know, you're significant, you know, and that, and that you hold in this space in the same room as, as I am is not a mistake. And, you know, you're valuable. And I hope, I hope that you know that, you know, and nobody ever is like, you know, don't talk to me like that. You know, there's, there's, it's, it's, it, it, you can, you can see that stuff land on people spiritually. You can see, I mean, truth has, is such a powerful yeah. thing because when somebody knows what's authentic, when somebody knows there's, there's truth in what was just said, their brain might try to, you know, rationalize it or block it out based on experiences. But their spirit will be like, yes, you know, that, that was real. Like, let's take note of that. Like, put that someplace for another time. And yeah. so I, I think faith is foundational. And I think um, being open to figuring out what that is, is, is step one. Step one, absolutely. Because there is, yeah. there is prejudice against this from, mm -hmm. 
you know, I know there's like Ireland is a very old Catholic based country, and mm-hmm. I think it got torn up a bit by that um, and the wrongdoings because Catholicism, like many other religions, is an organized religion that is made. You know, men can breed corruption when they get into organized, you know, things like that, and that's why I thought it was important for me. Like how my faith really got going is by grab by taking a Bible and actually reading, and, uh, yeah. actually like pulling out and saying, "Hold on, that's that's a little bit different," you know. Like that's not quite what we're being taught, you know. And yes. then I realized, you know, maybe I'm like I start. I think I start acting out. You know, when you start really viewing something that's true when it's hitting home, you, you start living that out almost. And mm-hmm. uh, I think, like like you're saying, that is you know truth. And I think that's why. You know, I think like I, I be Christian, and I think that's why that's a double meaning on the end of the word truth there as well. And I think mm-hmm. that it's like really, it hits home with people. But like, it's hard to say to someone, right? You know, if someone like was a mess, say, right? And I know it's not a technical term, but if someone like who was saying was coming and saying, "Look, I'm a mess. I'm not doing much running. I'm not eating well," and you know, it's hard to say, right? Okay, we'll go for a walk, and then we'll, we'll get a bit of food in, and then. Uh, you know, if you have a bit of faith, they might turn to you and say, what? You know, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. what are you talking about? Yeah. But I think it is like all important because it's the meaning thing that you alluded to there. Like, it, I wonder if that person has heard that they're, they matter today. You know, mm-hmm. when people get that sense of meaning, then, you know, it's worthwhile to, yeah. to exceed and to progress themselves and to pass that on to the next person. And it's like when you came from your findings, while well, your disease things, you could have took your knowledge from that and said, okay, I'll take my routine and I'll go home with it. But you didn't. You said, well, "What about the next person? You know, what? Yeah. If, you know, I don't want them to feel the way I went through." Or at least, right. I remember you saying you were infuriated by the lack of knowledge or the lack of, um, you know, public knowledge about the medicines yeah. that could help, the alternatives, and, and the rest. So I think that is like all important. And I think, you know, like you're saying, like the body. To go back to where we're designed, we are purposely designed. Like everything about us is, and. Um, like and I remember I read a lot of neurology. I really want to know the truth, whether it was good or bad on the faith thing. I dug into it and I wanted to know same with the vegan diet. I was like, Well, why do we eat meat? And like where did it start? And why do different cultures eat different food? And it brought me to the French. Why do they eat such strange things? And oh, it was the Germans who invaded them and they're, you know, poor and they were eating frogs and everything, you know. Yeah. And I really wanted to dig into the bones of it, no matter what way it led me. And mm-hmm. I was reading books on evidences and everything like that. But we have neurology as well. I wanted to get into where the conscious was coming from because that's unexplainable. And why do we make conscious decisions or why do we think we have intrinsic value or seeing designed? And, you know, there's two hemispheres of the brain, they say, and, and the right is equipped in, with knowledge that we do understand and logical facts, and the left is for things we don't understand. And they say you need both sides because everything lines up when you put them together. I think that's that's why, you know, the spiritual side matters. And I'm not just focusing on that because I think it all matters. But sure. it's very rare you have a guest on who kind of, know, you know, who specializes in these tree fields. I know it's a lot more than tree fields, but mm-hmm. in, in tree specific areas. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and I think that's also why a lot of these, um, you know, these plant medicines are kind of coming back up as um, alternative options for PTSD and depression and so on is because what it, it does is it actually wakes up pathways between the right and the left brain that don't normally talk to each other. Yeah. It, it 
it these plant medicines are allowing them to talk to each other and so that so then they in those experiences they have you know they you know whether it's ayahuasca which is you know you know something that i know here in you know los angeles is I don't go to a, a coffee shop and not hear somebody talking about ayahuasca. Yeah, time. it's 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 on the high, like not in yes. Ireland, but here on podcasts and YouTube streams. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, these people are having. I mean, regardless of what they think they their faith is or what experience they've had in faith, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're having these spiritual experiences in which they're able to understand and wrap their mind around trauma. Yes. To the extent at which they can heal from it. And I think that um, one thing that's very similar in all of their experiences, and this happens to be my personal belief for sure, is that it's it's there's a definitive difference between religion and relationship. And if we'll say, you know, if you if if God is the source of all things, and 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 so you're you know reaching out to God and praying to God. Um, you know, is is God uh, like a boss, or is God a friend? Yeah. And there's a, and it seems like, well, maybe he's both. I mean, you may, we could go on and on about that. But I, for me, it was, you know, I was raised Catholic as well, and I remember being very curious at a very young age, trying to figure out, like, I don't really understand the, the the ritual stuff. Like, yes. I like yeah. just tell me about Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, I was just like, just I want to like. I love people and I want to like get to know them and I want to like hang out with them. Where does that come from? Yeah. yeah. You know, if I'm made in the image of a, of a higher power and I'm longing to know people at a deeper level, wouldn't that equate to the, the one I've made in the image of also longs to know people. So then is this really about doing right versus wrong or is this about relationship? Is this about being messy in the presence of um, holiness and yeah. and it yeah. being okay and actually not surprising at all and actually just an intentional part of the process? And I think that when people go into these plant medicine experiences, they're coming out with relational feedback. There's yeah. been there was entities or there was a person or there was somebody. And I and I I think it's necessary because a lot of people have been very hurt by the church. Yes, they have been very hurt by by organized religion, and um, there's a lot of things done in the name of religion that is, you know, just horrendous. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's going to require um, a different person, you know, a, a, an open mind to go. Okay, some people can't talk about it from this angle. But where can they talk about it and feel comfortable about it enough to allow for the source yeah. to get from their head to their heart? You know. Yeah, and you're hitting the nail on the head. And it's really the exact same way I think about it because and I was only putting this together in my mind because sometimes it takes a bit of thinking to kind of see how to put this down. And um, people are a lot of people are lost in their faith, and it is a direct result because it's hard to defend religion. But it's not that hard to defend faith, and it's hard to, like you're saying, the personal connection as well. Like, I don't think I would have heard that calling had I not have had that relationship that I was open, I was connected to it in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, like, I, 
I I'm gonna give a story I haven't really told before. And uh, a couple of years ago, it's about three or four years ago now, I was I was kind of skeptical. It's not, it's even that recent. Now I always believed in God, but I never had that relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> my girlfriend brought me to Amsterdam, and um, we were there for a few days. We met these people who were YouTubers, and this guy traveled the world, and he had he, you know he was going out with us and all. One thing led to another, and we took a psychedelic, and um, we, I knew straight away something was up, and I was kind of like, this, it was heavy going, you know, and yeah. I got back to the hotel room and had this kind of an experience that was like the, what I actually believed, it was like hell, like that's what it was, mm-hmm. it felt like, it felt like I was tied up and I was being brought down and couldn't escape it. Wow. <clears throat> And the, the only way, it went down for hours, the only way I got out of it, and I had no relationship with, with Christ at the time, but when I turned in the shadows was the fear of Christ. And then the more I moved towards it, I pulled out of it, and it was like a split where I was on one side, the good and the bad, and my, my right side was on fire, and I came out of it. It shook me. It shook me for a long time afterwards. And this is what got me digging into these things. And um, like when I studied neurology, I... I I know where you're coming from. You're saying the the brain connections and the 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 uh, experiments they've done, where people have like positively reshaped their brain, you know. And I I often do come across them where it made the connection, and they're over certain fears, so they don't, you know, they're hyper motivated now, and all these kind of things. And I do think that it was because of that when I read the when I read the Bible, it was all you don't have to go up to church to you know, have a connection with God sitting in your room and that they were, and I said, well, that's not what it says at all when you go to church, you know, they don't say that to you. And then I started yeah. building that personal connection. I think that's the purpose of Jesus in my view is that connection between the divine and the people and it's the stepping stone. And I think that's the purpose mm-hmm. of it. And like that helped me before I even got my fitness right. But that gave me the drive to, mm-hmm. like, it's time to do the podcast now. And then the bang, and now it's trying to put yourself back together. And maybe I needed to have the fall before I could redeem myself in certain ways, you know. But I do think that it's all important. And I think that people are a bit lost because some people can't see the difference between what religion was and what faith is. And I think that's kind of what my aim is for that side of the podcast, the truth side, is to say to people, look, these are the evidences. And it's not at all what you think it is. It's not going and mumbling and kneeling down when you're supposed to and not talking to each other because I think that needs to be renewed or something you know I don't think that's connection no one even speaks you know everyone shakes their hand at the sign of peace but that's it you know and I don't think that's the way it's meant to be you know it should be we all have struggles we all have setbacks but we're all in it together you know and that's what it's really about and I think that's what your story's about as well when you think about it like you had your setback it was more than just a setback but you know you struggle through it and then you're helping others. And it's the whole, as uh, I'm a big fan of Jordan Peterson, it's the whole acting out the kind of logos. That's what it's like, you know. I think yeah, it's yeah. bringing, enlightening people in that way. So it is great to talk to someone because it's hard to, if you discuss that with someone else, it's kind of like, what are you talking about? You know, <laughs> but that's yeah. what you're trying to do. It's like, faith is good to have. You know, it gives you meaning to your life and it, and it pushes you to look after your wellness and on all aspects. And um, it, it's very important for someone so qualified for you to be saying it as well, you know, it just drives it home. But um, yeah, yeah, I think it's I, I think it's something that 
had I not had that foundation from my family, you know, in, in that time where I was, where I was struggling, um, you know, and sick, I never didn't, I haven't, I've always had a connection with God, but I wasn't really going to church. And so then I had like this guilt because I was like, well, he's not going to listen to me anyway, because I'm not even going to church. And it was like this whole thing where, you know, it's interesting how that stuff gets in. And I think it's, I think it's just, a, there's a lot of lies, you know, there's a lot of lies that we believe that who even knows where they come from, you know, that like, who knows when we, if we, if we've ever heard it, if we, if we made it up as we were, you know, hearing somebody else talk about it, who knows, it's just, there's just a lot that, that is not true. And yeah. I think the more people allow themselves to, to break free from that, because they they really have to allow themselves, they have to allow themselves to break free from it. Because, you know, I've coached a lot of people. And I'd, there's might be maybe there's one or two, where, you know, they just had, they're like white knuckling their pain, like they just, it, it doesn't matter if you have evidence, or you don't have evidence, it doesn't yeah. matter if you have a phenomenal like outrageous miraculous story or you you know um can show them video proof you know if they want to keep that part of their experiences or their life as part of their experiences in their life they're they're going to and i think that the bit the one of the best things we can do you can you know you can do through this podcast i can do through whatever i do or even just an interaction with people in general is to just remind them that nothing has to go with them into tomorrow yeah like not like it doesn't have to so if you want it to no judgment but at the same time if you can recognize that that's causing you to be stagnant if it's preventing you from becoming more and maybe maybe people don't want to be they don't want to lose weight maybe they don't want to live to be 120 okay that's fine but maybe they do want just to not feel like shit today. So yeah. that's, if that's whatever the motivating factor is, it's whatever, but there are things that we do to ourselves that prevent us from, you know, achieving that next level. And so as soon as they can just go, okay, I'm open to the thought yeah. that there's potential for me to, actually feel like kind of normal person tomorrow and that sounds like very like wow super motivational but sometimes that's exactly where people are and that's I mean that's like the cry of my heart is to you know is to go where the people are meaning in the fitness industry in the in the wellness industry it's all about hey here's my list of I'm an expert here's my list of things do these things and you can be just like me yeah and I am like Oh, oh, you're over there on that side of the street. Okay, I'm coming over and I'm going to bring my suitcase. And in my suitcase is all these tools. And I don't know, like maybe you'll want to use some, maybe you won't, but I'm going to bring them to you. And I want you to tell me all about you because you're the expert on you. I'm not. I just happen to have a suitcase full of tools. So tell me about you. Tell me what, you know, what moves you, what does it, what aggravates you, all the things we have to get better at going to where people are and stop being like glorified experts because yes, yes, we're not, I mean, I'm an expert on me, but even that I'm, I fall short on. 
So yeah. how dare I think that I can, you know, and this is tell like somebody else exactly what to do. Yeah, exactly. This is like the evidence for, you know, we're made in the image of something because animals all look, can look the same, you know, lions and monkeys and that. Like, but we, we all have individual, we don't all, we look individual, but we also have individual drivers and, you know, spirits that, you know, no two people are alike and it's very strange like that. But like, like you said, you know, it's good that you're able to, that, you know, that is the important thing because that's like I'm saying, but the, the fitness experts who are posting up, that that time they won five years ago over and over again and you know yeah. and load of followers yeah. Stuff like that. yeah that's not going to motivate the person who who can't run the kilometer you know or can't get it up for work tomorrow or you know hasn't got the wherewithal to make a cv and get going you know you, you really the, the people at the bottom of the barrel is, is who you need to be pulling up i think you know and that, well that's what i think you know because the other people not to dismount any of them like, but they're on their way at least they're not going to be in that dark space. The dark, that's, you know, total mm-hmm. part of it. And I think, you know, it, it is, like like you said as well, they need to turn and face into that. You said maybe they don't want to, you know, and it took me a while to turn and accept that there could be more to me or it could be more to everything, you know, and it makes me much more, have much more gratitude for everything, you know. Yeah. You know, when you get into bed and like, just to take them a few moments and say, I'm thankful for who's in the house like you know my, my son and i thank you for my, my family and thank you for my friends and thank you for for just that being having the ability to do that run today and to feel good about it and just taking a minute to realize that you know the world doesn't revolve around yourself and your own thoughts and that's not the big picture you know you're 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 in the in the run and you know you know you can say a prayer for someone who's gone through something at the moment even if they're not you know they don't appreciate it but maybe it might help them anyway. it's definitely not going to hurt them you know and i do think that but like there is driving factors and i do think that some people are you know made to stand out and pull other people up as well because i often was asking people who will come on the podcast you know where, you know where do you get your drive from what happened as a little kid and all but it's not really it's the experience of life that gives people that drive really isn't it it's going through the downs and that's what life is it's just the, the pull down and the pull back up but um, what what kind of what kind of projects are you working on at the moment then? In, in that kind of alignment. So. So many. <laughs> there are a lot. Um, I have a couple of food brands that I'm working on. I so I formulate, you know, in the kitchen, just like it's this equivalent of making a recipe, but um, you know, it only stays there for a minute, and then it it gets expanded on, and we scale it up, and and then I go into a factory, and then we scale it up from there even greater. And, it's a very long, all-consuming, frustrating, painful process. And had I known that it was the way that it was going to be, I don't know that I would have agreed to do it. Um, but the more that I learn about the food industry, the more I realize it's exactly where I need to be. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things. When I'm, when I'm in a factory and I'm creating a, a product and, you know, I'm I'm dealing with the food science part of it. When I'm there, I feel very much like I'm the, I'm representing the moms and the dads and the husbands and the wives and the parents and the children. Like when you go to the grocery store and you take something off the shelves, it's somebody already spoke for you, so to speak, right? Somebody already decided, well, this will be, I mean, we have these two choices, how we make sure that this stays shelf stable. 
this one costs a little bit less, but it's a little bit more health detrimental. Eh, you know, somebody's already spoken. And yeah. I, I have a great sense of responsibility personally to, to steward that well, meaning that I take it very seriously when I'm in these factories, knowing that I'm, I'm in that position. Um, so those are coming out and we're, we're launching beginning of the year. Um, and there's like, there's like a, a healthy dip, you know, like a, a dip that you, you know, can snack on. There's, um, some frozen entrees there, you know, a lot of it is convenience because I, I think it would be awesome if everybody could, you know, grow their own food, but that's not realistic. Yeah. So again, it goes back to what I was just saying about, I, I'm a firm believer in going where people are and where people are is on the run. Yeah, you know, they need, they need convenience. And so let's figure out how to do that. That's affordable, mm -hmm. but it's not coming at a cost to their health. And so that's what I focus on. So everything that I do is innovative. I do some, I do a lot of plant. I don't, you know, all my food is plant-based not yeah. because I am personally plant-based. Um, it depends on what season I'm in. Like I change that changes all the time for me, but, um, it's because there's, well, one, it's fun. It's fun to make shredded chicken out of plants, you know, and not lab. Like I don't do any lab meat. I don't, I don't per, per, personally, I'm not into that. I don't, that's, there's too much that we don't know about when you're modifying food in a lab and then growing it when this one cell was supposed to be this and now it's becoming this like that there's too much in that that i'm just like i don't want to play there but yeah. there's plants that shred up just like chicken like it looks just it looks like it, it tastes like it, it acts like it and i don't i don't do anything to it i just know where to find it yeah. so um working on that i also have a book coming out that i'm really excited about called your best diet and that yeah. is it's really kind of an anti-diet book but it helps people. It I I take the the book takes people through what I do one on one. Yeah. So it helps them kind of like choose your own adventure book, except for that we're gonna go down the path of what is the best diet for you, um, which I'm hoping will be very helpful to people and at least shed some light on the concept of precision wellness and empower them to live in that. And then. Um, you know, I have another project coming out called Next Generation Athlete that oh, I'm yeah. really excited about. And this is more about optimizing the human body. How do you push the limits of the human body, but not in the to the extent at which you deteriorate it or you sacrifice your future self for your current self. But like, how do you make those things work together in sync? So what you do now not only improves your performance cognitively, physically, et cetera, but also improves your longevity and that program is going to be a seminar seminar based program it's going to, there's going to be an online course so people can actually take the course online That's and um you know and then they'll also be like a certifying body so that people can get certified in this and then also teach it or coach it yeah, like, and that's, that's the whole goal, term. isn't it? That's the whole reach you have now as well. Like the online, you know, we you don't just have to host something in a hall at mm -hmm. seven o'clock a certain night, and whoever's there can fit into the room. Right, you can, you can just throw it worldwide, almost. You know, totally. and I know as well. Like I wanted to ask you actually, because you're you came into the food industry with a kind of honest approach. Well, not not a kind of answer, a very honest approach. Mm -hmm. You must have found clash, like from some mainstream people where they're like. Yeah, but 
to succeed or to preserve it you need to uh, like and I'm sure like you have to walk away from certain people did you find much of a clash going into that I can only imagine every day every day (laughs) it never goes away it never goes away and I I have been discouraged from doing what I do way more 10 times more than I've been encouraged one because people say it's impossible to do it's it's an industry that can't be um, shifted. Yeah. Um, and anybody that knows me knows, don't tell me something's impossible because that's exactly what I'm going to go do. Um, and, um, you know, and, and there is like the, the, the pushback, um, which has been a very interesting like journey for me because when I went into it, it was like, these things don't have to happen and we can do it like this. But then as I started learning more about the food science and realizing convenience comes at a cost, it's just how expensive is that cost going to be? Yeah. Metaphorically. Yes. So, you know, if somebody wants to buy something off the shelf that they don't have to, you know, prepare, we do have to keep it safe, you know? And so it's like, do you want citric acid in your food? Is that like ideal? Not necessarily. However, you want convenience. I have to get, I have to adjust this pH in order to make this work. So yeah. it's, I, I do find myself a bit in between these two worlds of, you know, um, let's just use all the chemicals that we can and, and make it as cheaply as possible. And, and people who are like, I don't want any chemicals, mm-hmm. but I want convenience. I want it fast. I want it organic. I want it, you know, and I don't want to pay enough, very much money, but I want it to be this and I want it to be this and I want it to be this. And so it's a very, it's a constant push and pull for me. Like, I feel like I'm in the middle of this tug of war. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I'm learning every day that there are some things that I can push and there are some things that are just scientifically I can't push, and under those circumstances, I tell people, then you might want to just grow your own food. Yeah, because you know? yeah. I know, like you're saying, yeah. the fruit prep is the tough part with dieting, isn't it? You know, when you go from, say, someone who's on an all-convenience diet, which is not hard to mm-hmm. imagine, and, like, going into trying to prep food, like, for every day of the week and how long it takes, and it does eat up an awful lot of time. You can you can see why people are trying to find the balance that that's what people are looking for you know i know personally that's what i'm looking for you know like where something that like i i was visiting the local fire market because i thought you know this, this is better you know than getting something that has bleached preservatives and used to came from the ground yesterday or something like that you know yeah. but like you know it is tough i can only imagine like what you'd go through trying to push completely one way and then everyone who's like look we're experts in this we're doing it 30 years we know what we're talking about in, in all them ways but like you that's what, that's the one thing you actually messaged me saying you know um when you reach when you messaged me first you said that you'd like to talk to you know people about how they can shift the food industry in their favor and i wasn't too sure what you meant by that really you know because it is um it's you know you walk into a store and you think they're your choices you know get just do your best you know and yeah, especially yeah. if you go if you go shopping when you're hungry that's worse of all because you're like i'll eat that you know <laughs> you get everything yeah. but um like are you finding like people are accepting this well do they believe in it that it's going to do well like do they do they try and stop you um you know not necessarily but there's not like a lot of support sometimes either i think when i and when i say i want to share with people how they can shift the food industry 
that applies to every industry. I mean, we are, and the generations coming after us are the most powerful, influential generations of all time. Yeah. They can make, they can reach um, faster and better and more powerfully than ever before. And to say, well, there's nothing I can do is truly a cop-out at this point. Yeah. Does it require an assembly of people? Yes, it does. Does it require um, being okay to uh, be a little bit disruptive? Sure. I don't think that this generation really, or the ones you know following us are really too worried about being disruptive though. Like we're kind of, it's kind of like our, in our DNA now where we're like- Yeah, oh, you're like the hippies again in the 70s. So, you know, I think that we can shift anything, you know, whatever we don't like, yeah. you know, if ever you've caught yourself saying about any one thing, why do we do it like that? Mm-hmm. Well, that's probably worth digging into and then seeing how you can shift in your favor. But the reality is, is people are buying that their wallets are their voice. And so if, if there's um, four products to choose from in the grocery store, and one of them is clearly cleaner, but it's $2 more. Yeah, yeah. Well, is it worth it to you? Or are you going to just con- continue to complain? Yeah, that's the thing. And pay, and pay, and save the two. If you want to save the money, then don't complain. Yeah. If you want to complain and there is a solution or there's at least people trying, which there's a lot. Oh, my gosh. There's so many people who have a heart like I do in this in the food industry who want to create solutions. Um, but it's expensive to do because it requires innovation. You have to have different equipment. You have to source differently yeah. from around the world. It's going to cost something. Yeah. So there are options out there, and you can you can kind of force the hand of an industry when you will sh- say, "Yeah, I'll put my money where my mouth is, and I will spend five dollars more for that thing," knowing that if enough people do that collectively, if they find value in those things that you know the industry will respond by prices you know and then all of a sudden you know the larger entities the larger corporations who make the you know have the bigger impact in the food they'll it'll force them to have to respond in one way to at least compete yeah or even buy in exactly so it's to me that's how consumers can shift they can shift you know whatever industry is but like you know specifically since the food industry is the one that you know i I spend the most time in, um, but, you know, also the medical industry, the supplement industry, um, you know, we, we have a lot of say, you know, we have a lot of say right now. And, um, what are you posting? You know, what are you posting on your social media? Are you posting things to help, um, to create those movements or are you posting things that are trivial and, you know, and it's true because like, you know, I, while doing the vegan diet, I've been out shopping and finding that, it was coming to a bit more on, you know, on the price list because it's like a niche market almost. Everyone just grabs that one brand or whatever, you know. Yeah. But you know, it, it is important though. I think for people to get the mentality right about it because they might say, "Oh, that's a little bit cheaper. That's fifty cent dear or whatever." And uh, but at the end of the day, like they can go home and spend forty quid on a takeaway that night and not think twice about it, you know. And that's, yeah. you know, it's all about like you'll feel shit about that and you won't sleep well you know and you won't be doing yeah. it you won't be going for a run afterwards and that's one thing yeah. with the fasting you, you stay light you stay fresh and probably with the quality of food increase as well you, you genuinely 
do feel way better, you know, with the less ingredients, with the more. And that's why I want to ask you about the supplements, because this is also um, a dodgy topic for us, not dodgy, but uh, some people like it and some people disagree with it completely. Mm-hmm. But you obviously have a supplement line and you have a knowledge base in, in health and nutrition. So can you can you give me a case for why supplements are good or how they can be very beneficial? compared to there's a stigma about it a bit and maybe some more the older generation but maybe they're right so there's a lot of things that we because of the soil because how food is grown because of environmental toxins because of the levels at which we're deficient it's there are some cases that it's it's nearly impossible to get everything that we need from food to survive yeah, I mean, I think like if we're just if if like there's there's nothing except for the the land to live off of, can we survive with food? Yes, and sun, you know, and water. There's you know more than just food, but supplements are exactly that. They're supposed to be supplemental. They're supposed to help. There should be a purpose. I don't think that anybody needs to have a cabinet full of them just because they read that, you know, if you take fish oil, it's going to, you don't really remember. You just know somebody said fish oil is good. So you bought it, you know, that in those, in those cases, I'm, you know, I'm opposed to supplements because unless you know why you're doing it, you shouldn't probably be doing it. Um, and there's not a lot of, um, there's not a lot of correlations between the why and the what. So, um, the amount of supplementation, there's like some people, like especially in the longevity side of things that, I mean, they're taking 120 capsules, 120 different things per day. Um, and they can, you know, but in there, they know why, you know, these are people who are very well researched and they really know, I can't, I can't just get this alone from my food. And it's, I'm not just trying to survive. I'm trying to thrive. Like I want to yeah. be, um, I want to age backwards. I want to like figure out how to grow my telomeres. Like they're doing like some pretty crazy stuff. And then on the flip side, same, you know, kind of sphere of expert or sphere of industry. You have, you know, people who are like, get, get first sun in the morning, do sun gazing in the morning, make sure that you get your feet on the ground, make sure you get plenty of DHA and EPA. Solid. You're good you know, and get out, you know, get away from like uh, EMFs. Is that a routine you'd recommend for people? Oh yeah. Everybody. I, do. I think this, I think that I think there's so much, we're so connected to the yeah. earth in that way. Um, the sun, I mean, there's so much cyclical and seasonal stuff that we've become disconnected from that when you get back in realignment, um, there's a lot of health benefits to simple things, simple, like, you know, getting up with the sun, seeing the sun. Um, it's, it's turns on all different types of pathways, um, the body to regulate it for the day, um, to prime it for the day. I mean, it's like priming, you know, anything you would do, it's like, if you were going to go, um, do like a hundred meter sprint, you wouldn't just show up at the track and run, like get on the starting line. You would, do a routine of warm-ups yeah. and yeah, you're priming yourself to be able to run your best race mm-hmm. and getting up with the sun and, and looking at the sun um while it's you know 
you know, coming up or whatever, I think that there's, it's like, it's like priming. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and Keep water, it. water is very important. People don't pay enough attention to their water source. Really? Yeah. Because there's also like a big debate also at this and maybe I'm, I'm optimizing on the, you being there, but you know, water intake, you know, I drink a lot more water, especially since mm-hmm. fasting. Because I guess whatever water I was getting from the food, I'm not getting now, and I'm drinking a lot. And I feel great for it because I think really water benefits you hugely when you actually yeah. exercise, especially endurance, distance, or whatever. But a lot of people say then you'll wash away the nutrients and the, and the essential salts in your body. Is that true? Mm-hmm. It would take a lot of water. Yeah. It would take a lot of water. We do. We I do think that we um, we have kind of demonized salt um for multiple different reasons yeah. um I, you know there's not we don't need to be as scared of salt the synthetic ionized uh or i you know with the iodine added to it but you know but as as far as like you know good real salts i i think we need more of that and we need more electrolytes i think we're very deficient in electrolytes and so even when we whether we do or don't drink enough water it's 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 more about like the balance of the electrolytes and that we're taking in um mm-hmm. goes back to balance i think yeah. um the water source is most important and then making sure that you have all of the necessary key components of health the different micronutrients from the earth not synthetic vitamins but like vitamins from the earth even like with gut health and stuff like soil biotics like this the probiotics that you can get from the earth, this from the soil, the yeah. dirt that like we used to eat when we were kids, but now we're like sanitizing ourselves everywhere. Yeah. That's where I mean that's where that that's where it's at. You know, yeah. environment and, and nutrients and so on. So any supplement that's gonna go out there and get the dirt out of the ground for you. Yeah. And be able to like put on a label, hey, this has this many spores in it, well then that's a supplement that would be great because you're probably not gonna go eat dirt. Yeah, yeah, because I know, like, it's so interesting that, like, the plants are so full of vitamins, they're so good for us as well, you know, they're not just wildlife, like, the soil, like you said, everything around us, the water, the whatever's in them, you know, it's all nourishes the body, and it is all about, I guess what you're saying, the balance of everything, and it's a balance of the exercise, the movement, the light exposure, the faith, like we talked about as well, and I think that's, you know, it'll be interesting seeing the book, and even, um, seeing some of your products as well coming out you know i guess you do ship worldwide because like, i don't know are you are, are you in the irish market so um we're in the beginning phases of what the distribution looks like some of the products are frozen so it's like a little bit more costly to just you know to distribute that outside of the united states but some of the more shelf stable products um you know that's more likely to be you know distributed outside the u.s markets but we're still we're kind of still in that that space of distribution. So my hope is that there'll be it'll be everywhere, and then at the mm-hmm. very least, that we'll be able to ship it, you know, maybe through Amazon or something. So, but I'll, you know, I'll definitely keep all that stuff like as an ongoing conversation. The more that I know, or as I find out things like where and how it can can be, you know, um, obtained, like I will definitely share that with everybody. Well, as well, like you're saying with the book coming out, like that's everyone can buy like the diet oh, stuff. Yeah and that so like even that as a guiding tool like is great and the seminar is coming up but um look i have to say thanks very much for for coming on i really appreciate you taking your time i know you're very very busy from it sounds like you're crazy busy and i know 
you know, I, I'm only getting going, but if there's anything I can ever do to, you know, it's something that it's really like a great cause, I think, you know, and uh, if there's anything I can do by sharing or whatever, you know, I'm more than happy to do it. And I really hope you do well. I'm definitely going to be following and, and checking all the products and stuff out myself and, and posting it up as well. But uh, yeah. I really do appreciate it because I know it's a big time difference and you're very busy <laughs> working yeah. from home. But uh, no, really, thanks very much for coming on. For sure. Thank you for doing what you're doing. I'm really excited to see how, um, you know, your audience grows and your reach grows. And, and likewise, if there's, as you start to, you know, evolve and find, you know, different things that bring value to people. And if there's anything that I can contribute or I can do, like always consider me a source and reach out anytime. That's great. I, I really appreciate that. Thanks very much. Yeah. I'm, kind of, I'm excited as well to see where it'll go. Cause it, you know, when you get involved in this kind of social media and the things, you don't realize, you know, when I click a podcast, then you see a lot of people in Australia watched it last night, or uh, you got all this breakdown in Finland and Indonesia, and yeah. I was like, well, who's, how do they find it? You know, I'm not paying for advertising. Like, you know, what, like, what are they searching, you know, and then it, you know, grows. So, like, that, that's great, and to have someone who's such an, an expert, you know, that you could, you know, to, to come on and talk about the balance of everything, because that's really, like, this this episode is really what my whole podcast concept's about. And I'm not that very verbally fluid. So it's great for someone to have to put it into words <laughs> for everybody else to hear. <laughs> but, Amazing. Uh, yeah, definitely keep me posted on how things go and let me know if there's anything I can do. That's great. I really appreciate that. Thanks very much, Wendy, for that. Yeah, I hope to talk to you again soon. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right, bye. bye. bye.